What a delicious beverage. You ever had this ginger beer? It is like one of my more favorite kinds of ginger beers, actually. I very much like it. The yeah. stubby bottle, the rip cap, They're closure. Solid, nice. uh, solid mixer. It is a solid mixer. I've been drinking them by themselves. Nice. I endorse... How do you say it? Bundaberg? Uh, I, that's a podcast endorsement, Bundaberg, yeah. Sure. Sponsor us. Please. Please. I beg you. We need another microphone. <laughs> We're cheap. Don't worry. <laughs> we can get sound dampening. Um, all right. I guess with that, we should do a podcast. Weird. Why would we ever? All right. Hello and welcome to We the Sheeple, your bi-weekly podcast guide into the wild and wacky world of conspiracy theories and misinformation. I'm your host, Trent Jones, and with me, as always, my co-host, Tom McVeigh. If I could remember the song The Fish Sang in the Tavern at D&D last night, I would sing it now, but I don't remember it. That's a deep cut to our personal lives. <laughs> <laughs> it alienates the audience immediately. Um, and, of course, our silent but definitely real producer, Devin, is with us. Um, he's gleaming, I would say. Well, that's just the way that our mortal, I feel like that's the way that our one, our three-dimensional like existence can comprehend, Devin. I think he looked at me. He's That's a, why I'm being quiet. He's a sixth dimensional being. He's right. actually behind you and in front of you right now. And he's playing 7D chess, so watch out. <laughs> yeah. He's a sixth dimensional being that can play seventh dimensional chess because he's just that advanced. Anyway, Tom, what do you think I'm talking about tonight? You already know, but. Yeah, we talked about it this morning when we recorded a previous episode, but. It's uh, true. We did actually tease it a little bit. 5G. The homie. fifth G. 5G's. Not 4. Not 6. 5G. Tom, what do you know about 5G? Well, I know um, it's like cell phone internet, but faster. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually feel like I read something about how there's not like really a thing that is 5G per se. It's like a marketing gimmick more than anything. It doesn't follow the historic patterns of G's, but I might be making that up. (laughs) Well, let's learn about it. So, 5G, when somebody says 5G, what they're really saying is it stands for the fifth generation of standard, the standard for cellular networks. So that probably sounds like a lot of jargon to most people. I thought the G was like gigahertz or something. No, I feel like that's a common misconception. I also thought that. Um, We'll get to the gigahertz. I don't Um, know what a gigahertz is. Well, we're going to learn. So when we say standards, this is a thing that you often come across in manufacturing or engineering or any of that kind of stuff. Um, It means an agreed upon set of like design principles that are used by, they're usually set by a group of companies within an industry or some sort of trade organization within a particular industry. Um, So examples of this are like screws, Mm -hmm. since screws are uniform across all manufacturers like there's set sizes so right that's probably a deep cut for most people that don't know screw sizes um i have a hard time with screw sizes honestly i just buy one that looks about right (laughs) yeah um there's like glass bottle finishes i work for a glass bottle manufacturer those are standard across the industry you don't Mm -hmm. have to use them but it behooves you to use them right um and technology connectors so apple Yes, I was about to say that. <laughs> Apple is a counter example of this specifically, but like a USB cable, mm-hmm. 
every computer, regardless of who makes it, can accept the same USB cable. And every manufacturer that makes USB cables, they may not make them to the same quality, but they all work within that interface. It's probably good. Like, the whole USB thing is definitely a positive. I don't know mm-hmm. if you had an MP3 player, like, prior to the <laughs> boon of iPods, but this is the Wild West out there, man, with some of those connectors and oh, different dongles. they all dongles. have, like, oh, different connectors? They all had their special things that were, like, between... 0.5 and 7 inches wide, I feel like. And <laughs> but, much easier now. They can just grab whatever one's laying next to your bed. Right. But, as you pointed out, Apple is a counterexample of that. Mm-hmm. They developed their own proprietary connector, the lightning Dang. connector, lightning cable, um, instead of just adopting USB, any of the prior USBs, which now the most current is USB-C. Mm-hmm. Um which there's a couple different reasons. The reason that they usually use these standards is because it kind of unifies and simplifies an industry. Imagine a world where every single screw, so you imagine buying a different product from a company and they make a proprietary screw. They make a screw that only they make and they make it in slightly different way from any other screw. So if you wanted to use that product, you would have to somehow get a screw from that company of the same design. And if you lose that screw, something breaks and you need to replace it, you can't. Or, yeah, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so for companies, I'm assuming the big reason to do it is it lets you have like economies of scale and simplifies supply exactly, chains and exactly. stuff. Exactly. It allows a single person to manufacture screws for everyone, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, discount it just makes things easier because even like i was talking about i work for a bottle manufacturer the reason you want to make uh standard size finishes is because then you can go to a closure manufacturer the person that makes the caps like all the you know the beer caps any of the screw-on caps and you know that a customer can buy your glass and then go and buy a standard container or a standard finish size uh closure that fits that and it works. It, it just makes life a lot easier. Think about computers. All computers you buy um, have the same set of array of connectors, mm-hmm. except for Apple. Um, <laughs> and or if you it enables you to even like build a computer. Right. right. So you can buy all these separate parts from different manufacturers, but they all fit together because they use a set of standards. Makes it, sense. It just makes things easier, um, quite frankly. So that's what 5G is for the cellular industry. Instead of each different manufacturer of a cell phone, or even each carrier, like in the United States, we have Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint. Or wait, they merge now. Yeah, I think Sprint and T-Mobile are the same one now. Um, Maybe. But it, it means you don't have to have a special cell phone to work on that network, basically. Um, and all the different networks can use the same type of towers. It just makes everything easier. Right. Um so, this began rolling out in 2019, and it's expected to provide high bandwidth, um, and high bandwidth in turn makes things faster. Um, so, conceptually, 5G will offer three different frequency bands that will all overlap, and it makes things really efficient because it'll give you the fastest band that's available at any given time, okay. which I'll... We're gonna, we'll get into this because it's all kind of confusing. So, we're going to go way back to the beginning. The <laughs> foundational understanding for all this stuff. 
So electromagnetic waves, this includes all sorts. It's basically energy moving through space, right? Right. So light, visible light is an example of an electromagnetic wave. Okay. So we're signing of the sun. Yes. So it just happens to be frequencies that our eyes can pick up. You probably have heard a lot about UV radiation. Mm -hmm. Like when you go outside, that's what gives you a sunburn. And so that's what suntan lotion is for, right? Because it can be bad for you. It can give you skin cancer, all sorts of different stuff. Um, so all sorts of different things fall into the same category called electromagnetic waves. There's radio waves. And there's radiation such as x-rays and the really bad types of radiation like gamma rays and stuff like that that are very harmful. Yeah. <laughs> Says the man who works in a nuclear plant. Yeah. Um, and so one key measure that you use to define electromagnetic waves is called the frequency. Okay. So what the frequency is is the number of times per second a given wave oscillates. So if you picture a wave, like what you're probably imagining, is it's a it's what's called a sine wave, where it goes up and down. It dips up and down along, you know, peaks and troughs. Peaks yes, and peaks troughs. and troughs. And the frequency is how often you get a set of peaks and troughs in a given amount of time. So we usually define it in hertz, which is cycles per second. You're really like pulling physics 130 in my brain right now. I am. Yeah, that you've hurts. probably learned about this in a high school physics class if you're anything like me. Um, I learned more about this in college too, but that's a whole thing. So higher frequency equals more oscillations per second, which also means there's more energy right. being transmitted per second. Does that make sense? Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew. So all you need to know. Higher frequency, more oscillations. Right. And that's all, when, whenever you talk about hertz, that's what it's talking about. Not the, rental The cars. cycles per second. No, not the rental car. Um, okay. So normally... Or the donut. So all different, <laughs> all different types of electronic industries, anything that uses like radio communications, so we're talking about radio. That's why when you tune your radio, you're literally just setting your radio to pick up a different wavelength of... Mm -hmm. broadcast um wi-fi anything wireless in your home pretty much all will work on some sort of electromagnetic wave and they all have different a lot of them have different bandwidths that are actually sectioned off for different applications because if everything was trying to work on the same range of frequencies you'd get a lot of interference so things wouldn't be able to communicate effectively and you'd get a lot of errors things would mess up I'm guessing that's like channels on like walkie talkies or just slightly different frequencies. Yeah, exactly. Or if you've ever been and if you've ever been on a road trip and you have your radio set to a given station and then you get far enough out and sometimes you get into a weird spot where you start picking up two different stations. And so you'll get like a few seconds of one and then you'll get a few seconds. And that's what I'm talking about. You get all sorts of interference that just makes things not work well next thing you know you have like german house music in the background of a southern baptist hellfire preacher and yes you know, like this kind of slaps actually yeah. <laughs> this is like a like a skrillex remix he's sampling um the song no one knew they needed <laughs> right so cell networks on 4g which is the current standard that pretty much everywhere uses mm -hmm. sometimes if you pay attention to your phone and you go to like the boondock somewhere you end up on like 3G or... I was actually on that. 3G earlier today. Yeah. Right. In just some areas Out don't the have that good coverage. Um, but 4G currently operates on a range from about 2 gigahertz to 8 gigahertz. Okay. So when you say giga, that's 10 to the 
I think it's 10 to the ninth. Oh, wow. That's so that's big. how many cycles per second it's oscillating at. A lot? It's a lot. It's a lot. Ten of... with nine zeros after it for our... Yeah, I think it's nine. It's either nine or six. No, it's nine. Anyway. I don't go much beyond milli, and then it's I think smaller. mega is six, and giga is nine. Sounds right. I, I go the other it way. It gets confusing. Like Pico yeah, and... you go smaller. Yeah. Um, but in any case, 5G, the whole big thing behind 5G is that it's going to open up that range of frequencies that it operates at much wider. Okay, so... So... More lanes um, on the highway. Yeah, which it kind of... It's kind of up in the air exactly how wide it's going to go. From what I could find... The EU agreed to give 5G um, bandwidths from 3.6 gigahertz all the way up to 26 gigahertz. Oh, wow. And that'll expand, obviously, as it gets more mature and develops. Because it's not going to be like, like snap, all of a sudden we're going to stop using 4G and we're going to start using 5G. Right. That's just not how industry works. They'll gradually replace it. And in some cases, they may never replace it because it just doesn't make sense to use. It's not cost-effective to go put 5G in the Mojave Desert. Is that what right, you're telling me? Right, precisely. Um, and so the biggest thing is that um, higher frequencies have a better ability to transfer data faster because they have a higher you know, frequency, right. higher oscillations per second means you can transmit more information. Um, but they tend to have a less range as a consequence of that. So, like, real short band radio, ra- radio, radio waves. So, like, that's why, for instance, AM radio has a shorter, or I should, yeah, smaller frequency than FM radio. Mm-hmm. But that's also why AM radio, you can pick it up almost anywhere all the time. So sometimes if you lose signal on an FM radio, AM a lot of the time still works because it can transfer better. Um, It's the same kind of principle. They want to use as high of frequencies as they can, but as a consequence, you reduce that range a lot. So the real kind of ingenious part is they're going to try, from what I've read, they're going to have three distinct um, like bands of frequency. So the highest, the cream of the crop of 5G would be super high frequencies that allow you to transmit data really, really fast, but they only work if you're pretty close compared to a tower compared to the other bandwidths. So I'm assuming that's more in like major metropolitan areas probably. Right, right. And then there's the middle band, which is probably pretty close to what we have now, and then there's supposed to be a really low band, which is low frequency but should enable you to get service in really hard to service areas from what i read actually a lot of places aren't even going to offer the third the lowest band because it's just they're just like no it's so bad that we'll just handle it with the first two right and so your device will automatically be able to figure out which will give you the best service at any given time and so it'll choose whatever the best that you have access to increasing speed generally for everybody okay so, in order to take advantage of that, um, your new 5G-capable devices actually have to have new antennas. In So, in your cell phone, it has an antenna right now. That's mm-hmm. how it connects to cellular. Um, new 5G-capable devices have to have special antennas that can leverage all this new capability. Yeah, when I bought my phone, they had a, whatever, the Pixel 4a 5G, which is like right. half the alphabet there, but... Uh... I don't even think we have 5G here, so it seemed like a waste of money. Right, so we're on a transition point. Right. So most people won't have access to 5G, even if it was offered, until they 
get a new device. But it probably won't be in wide practice everywhere for several more years anyway, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really matter. Um, so, f- and that's great. I mean, it's just the next technological advancement forward. I, it's what happens, right? It's like when TVs went from 1080 to 4K. Mm-hmm. So I remember five years ago, the resolution on a TV, this like basically the standard that most people had and were reasonable to buy was... 1080p mm-hmm. and then now if you go look at best buy it, you would be hard pressed to even buy a 1080 tv almost all of the tvs are 4k and then the new bleeding edge is 8k so it's, it's just that same kind of thing it's the march of technology right. as it goes on same thing with cars you wouldn't buy a car today that has gets 10 miles to the gallon and has a v8 that's like a five liter some people would well some people would but that's just you know technology gets better things improve I can't imagine like what 8K TVs much much like look like. Yeah, it's like the 4K one I got's pretty like mind blowing, right, crisp and everything. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, so that's the basic. That's what we're looking at here. It, they operate. 5G is gonna operate somewhere in the range of 3.6 gigahertz to 26. That's what the EU says. Um, and so for reference. The harmful forms of radiation start around 10 to the 16th hertz. So, like, almost double. Right. So, a lot. Mag- well, and magnitudes of, order, like, you know, right. orders of magnitude True. larger. Yeah. Um, Math. I'm good at it. And that's because, like I said before, energy increases as the frequency increases. Mm-hmm. So, for, uh, just for some reference, visible light is what we are most common, you know, interact with. And it's typically not harmful. Once you start getting above the wavelengths of visible light, so blue is the high end of visible light and violet and all that. That's why it's called ultraviolet because it's more violet than violet, technically. Or human than human. Yeah, right. than violet. So UV is where things start to get dangerous, and then everything above that is radiation that's ionizing radiation that can be harmful it's a myth (laughs) let's not do that please (laughs) so that's our background on what 5g is it's just the newest latest and greatest of your cell phone if you already had misgivings about your cell phone i guess you would be worried about 5g but yeah it's there's no evidence to support that the radiation in the bands that we're looking at is dangerous which is why it's not even you might hear some people say that it's not tested. That's kind of why it's not tested, because there's no scientific basis to think that it can harm you. Because that's not how physics works. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like we say that a lot on this show. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where the episode ends, because there's no conspiracy Of theories. course, yeah. Who could have a conspiracy about this? That obviously is not true. So, we're going to get into some of the, uh, the, the mythos. Mind 5G and some of these this misinformation and conspiracies. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Ooh, some shilling? Yes, some shilling. Anyway, all right, and welcome back. 
Tom, are you ready to learn about what people think that 5G is, not what it actually is? If I say no, will it stop it? No. Okay. This train is rolling. Let's Ain't go. got no brakes. <laughs> We're just going to crash at some point. That's an apt... <laughs> apt description of what we're doing here. Um, I was going to say of reality, but... So, the biggest category, I would say, um, of conspiracies about 5G is that in some way it adversely affects your health. Okay. This isn't really new. People have been thinking this since, like... Telegrams, you know, perhaps. Probably, yeah. Well, even more recently, since, like, the advent of cell phones and Wi-Fi and all that stuff... People get real skeezed out about mm. electromagnetic waves. I think because they mistakenly associate it with radiation. Right. Which I guess to a you know, to it somebody is. who doesn't know, it's it's on the same right. scale and hearing that they're both electromagnetic waves is probably frightening. I was just trying to like shill our first episode, but you just went for it. Tom. When have I ever shamelessly self-promoted this podcast? I don't know. I do it all the time. No, I do too. Like, follow, tell your friends. But in any case, most of this misinformation revolves around these adverse health effects. Mo- a lot of it uh, includes cancer. That's a that's a big one. Right, yeah. That's, that's probably the predominant one. There's other smaller things like headaches and whatever else, but cancer is the big one. Um, so, according to an article by the New York Times, RT America... Which is a subsidy. The parent company of RT is a state-sponsored and controlled Russian media group. So it's literally, you know... Sounds unbiased. Right. It's controlled by the Russian government, so take that as you will. Um, Has given wide coverage to unsubstantiated claims of the dangers of 5G. They have covered it a ton. Um, I watched one of these segments, and let's, let's just play it for you, Tom. Oh, please let's, don't. Let's kill a few brain cells. I have so few, though. This should make you feel pretty good that here comes, you know, uh, this magazine essentially saying these stories should have been covered and weren't. You covered it. You led the That's way. Right. And, you know, Project Censored really does a great service by listing these stories that are kind of redacted from the mainstream corporate press. They listed this 5G health concern story as number 12 on their list. But today we're learning, as of just yesterday, a broad coalition of scientists, doctors, and otherwise advocates of a national 5G revolution uh, sent a letter to President Donald Trump demanding a moratorium on 5G mm. wireless infrastructure until the potential hazards for both human Human health and the environment have been fully investigated by actual scientists. Now, according to this 5G resolution, the FCC says over 800,000 antenna sites will be needed to fully deploy 5G to the U.S. And in terms of global deployments, they're expected to reach almost 5 millions just by next year. Now, what they're saying is that 5G will dramatically increase the public's daily exposure to the radio frequency electromagnetic fields that we already have. But in addition to that, we will have even higher wavelengths of exposure. Now, there are also saying that 5G was not pre-market safety tested, and research shows that 5G has biological effects on human, bees, trees, and the environment. So they're saying that it is not safe, given the science that we already know. You know what I want to do for our viewers? I want to make this as, you know, because I've had a hard time understanding this story, because I'm just not that bright, but... uh, the story Don't is I see it, the, the most true statement in this broadcast. Hardware, like little mini towers, mini antennas, all over the place. Right. And there are going to be so many of them that we can't help but 
be in their midst all the time. And right. they have to put out at least some level of radiation. Right, and even in the very short term, it'll be impossible to escape yourself from this kind of radiation exposure, especially if you live in a big city just by Wait walking out, out of the street, you'll see things like this. In many cities, <laughs> and you're seeing AT&T current and cellular networks that <laughs> bathe that already do this. Those are all cell ah. towers. Isn't that funny? But I think you actually don't have to be that bright to understand this story. I'm glad you brought that up because I would draw the parallel with what happened with the tobacco industry. Right? right? Scientists who were showing the harmful effects of tobacco, they struggled with media attention, they were discredited, they struggled with getting funding, and their research was really only widely accepted after the sickness and death was so widespread that it was undeniable, right? So you could even say that the 5G industry, the wireless industry, is actually making the tobacco industry look like amateurs. In fact, a scientist and doctor named Deborah Davis said just that. She said that what tobacco did is nothing compared to what the wireless industry does today. And you know what's really interesting? Yeah. The National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, the Department of Health, the EPA, all these organizations once did research on wireless radiation, but not anymore, and that's 100% due to pressure from the industry. And now back to the story about why 100%. these stories aren't told and aren't covered. Why aren't the stories like the one that you and I right. are having a discussion about right now? And by the way, nobody's saying we shouldn't move forward, technology's bad. We're just saying we should make sure it's uh, safe before we right. move forward, right? But why isn't it being covered? Well, there's a number of factors here. Of course, you have to look at who owns and operates the media. I mean, you're talking about these <laughs> That's my favorite that part, because they're Russian-subsidized media company. And the biggest, most... Uh, and the richest companies in the world. Exactly, so. and but they have everything to lose and nothing to gain from covering health effects of their own technology. So it, it would be it would be very interesting if they did, you know, go go with some full-throated coverage of 5G uh, wireless radiation effects. But of course, it's not just the United States government ignoring these health hazards. I mean, it's it's not a mystery as to why the U.S. corporate media is right. They have lots of conflicts of interest there. Right. Then, in terms of the government, in theory, they're supposed to be, you know, working in favor of the public. These are supposed to be the agencies regulating these corporations yeah. in terms of that there's a lot of conflicts of interest there as well so I mean you could only look at the latest example we had Ajit Pai the head of the Federal Communications Commission mm. the agency that's supposed to be regulating the wireless industry he came from Verizon and that's just the very latest example interlocking as we like to say interlocking that's enough of that um all right a few things a few things to just respond to what I just heard there. First Not and foremost, the bees. first and foremost, we're gonna get to the bees. <laughs> but the first thing I want to point out is she just went on a diatribe about how you need to know who the information's coming from and all this stuff, and you know, know about conflicts of interest. It is feels very rich coming from a news network that is literally wholly subsidized and owned by the Russian government. A Russian government who the our institutes of that of intelligence, so the CIA and Homeland Security and NSA, all that kind of stuff, have found evidence that Russia is actively trying to interfere in American daily lives and American politics, all this kind of stuff. That's not myth. That actually, you know, there's evidence of it. So that just feels kind of rich. Yeah, a little bit. I mean... And also, you need people with expertise in an industry to lead industries seeking to regulate that said industry, right? Does that make sense, what I just said? So regulation committees within the government that deal with broadcast media or cellular media 
you're not really going to be able to find people who are experts in that other that haven't worked for a major broadcast company before. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. I think personally, I kind of disagree with it as a concept, if, but we don't have to get into that right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I will agree with her that that is kind of skeezy. Like, there's one thing I agree with, and it was about a Jeep pie, but... It gets, it gets skeezy. And yeah. that's, you have to be real careful with ethics in government, and that's a whole nother can of worms. It is not this podcast. That is not this particular podcast. I just love uh, that always present amorphous scientists and experts are saying. Yes, you know, yes. Like, scientists and experts are saying, which we'll come to some of these experts. But I also enjoyed that, well, they used to study it, and now they don't. Well, they probably found it was right, harmful. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was saying. There's really no scientific basis to think that it would be dangerous, so why would you waste resources still studying it? Unlike, you know, a doomsday cult or like... <laughs> A failed reality star president who keeps saying he's going to get reinstalled. You don't just keep trying the same thing and moving the date down the line. Once you show it's not a thing, you just should drop it. There's that famous quote that, you know, trying the same thing again that didn't, and expecting different results is insanity. Yeah. Um, but Turn in case, to get scientific funding. Let's not waste it on 5G. Right. So, one of their first claims is they follow the same pipe thing we've been talking about with bi there's biological effects on humans bees trees and the environment how do they feel about like roundup if they're so concerned <laughs> yeah, about bees that's fair i don't know where they're getting this information from the vast scientific consensus is that there's no harm um but whatever um they have concerns about the large number of smaller 5g towers um which this is accurate 5G, as we were talking about, using those higher bandwidths mean that they have a much more limited range. So kind of the strategy to get around that is instead of using very, very large cell towers that can transmit over miles and miles and right. miles, you install smaller, cheaper ones. And I mean, when we say small, that means small relative to a giant cell tower. So right. it's still like a large you know, metal cabinet or whatever, like multiple feet tall, probably. I'd like that's probably like better for like wildlife and stuff, honestly. You know, I would it, imagine. I would think, and in urban areas, it's probably much easier to install those than to install a giant right. cell tower. It'd be like a mesh Wi-Fi network almost. Yeah, um, but that's the whole strategy: is to make a lot more of these small towers. High frequency. Uh, yeah, so you can intersperse them much uh, closer to where people are actually using their phones every just day. Just put them on light posts. That's just a good strategy. That kind of is what they have done that in some cases on yeah. telephone poles and stuff. But, um, so I'm not really sure why they're concerned about that, but that is a thing that 5G is doing. Um, there seems like a lot of confusion about radiation, which is like what we were talking about already. I think that's just kind of... It comes from a misunderstanding of the difference between ionizing radiation at the one end of the spectrum that's actually really dangerous and forms that have lower frequencies like we're talking about. Anything south of the visible light is generally accepted to be fine. I feel like as a country, and especially I'm not going to call out any specific group of people within the country, boomers cough, <clears throat> um, <laughs> they've also kind of been conditioned that, you know, anything with radiation is bad because of the commies and the it's nuclear true. bombs. And then I, I combine that with, that. Uh, you know, there's... Yeah, growing up in the Cold War and constantly hearing about how... A, like the know. Cold War combined with like Three Mile Island and Chernobyl really... Yeah, probably... Done a number on... People, yeah. 
I never thought about that. My energy source of choice. <laughs> Great points. Great insight right? from Every once in a while. our co-host here. Um, it's not all just dumb memes. Sometimes I have an original thought. So, like I said, there's not a whole lot of actual good scientific consensus that this kind of radiation can actually cause any harm. Um, so I'm not sure who she's talking about, the multiple people that have a problem. I did find one of them, and we're going to cover them next. Um, so, um, the reporter also points out that cell companies aren't motivated to report adverse health, of health effects, which I suppose is fair. It wouldn't be in their best interest. But she then draws a parallel to the tobacco companies and says, quote, 5G industry is making the tobacco industry look like amateurs. That's a very strong statement. It really is. Um, now, if she wanted to say, like, oil companies and climate change are making the tobacco yeah. companies look like amateurs, that's an, that's an accurate way yeah. to be written. But. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to point out that didn't really work out too well for tobacco companies. Right. <laughs> they ended up paying a lot, you know, a lot of money for doing those kind of things. So, so that's my favorite thing with all these uh, the vaccine conspiracies. It's like, so assuming it doesn't wipe out all of humanity, like, do you really want to be the company forever associated with like committing like right. crimes against humanity? Do you think like the Helen Nuremberg trials aren't going to happen for that if like Pfizer was secretly trying to kill? Right. And I mean, that's like, that happened with like the asbestos companies. Right. Like the company that I work for had liability. I don't even think they made asbestos, but they were closely enough associated with other industry members that did make that. And they were still paying out money until like this year and asbestos liability. So it's not a smart thing to just cover up. Like right. it, it, in the long run for a business, it's not a smart move to make. And I mean, you have to think about it. these people are humans too. They can't just magically get away from cellular service either. <laughs> so, you know, if they knew that something was bad for them, they probably wouldn't be doing it because they would get be getting cancer too. Right. So, I get what they're trying to. They're coming at it from some angles that appear to be rational, but I think when you sit down and critically look at the information and listen to people who know what they're talking about. There's no real reason to worry. I feel like you just cut that and make that the trailer of this podcast. They use science words to try to scare you. Yeah, they use jargon um, to try and put people off. And that brings me to the next topic of conversation. So, one, in this particular news article that we linked to and you just heard the audio from, they show, like, in that flashy, like, news uh, B-roll that they kind of show sometimes. They show a picture of this article and the head, like the company, the website, whatever the outlet that this article is from is called environmental health trust. And so I said, Hmm, I wonder who this environmental health trust is. is so this, like going to be like a, whenever you see the political ads and it's like moms for not clubbing baby seals. And it's not quite like that. It does have a catchy name. Um, so I looked this up environmental health trust is an advocacy group founded by Dr. Devra, I think it's Devra, Lee Davis in 20, what am I saying, 24, 2007, 2007. Um, I think they talked about her in the little clip, right? I think she was the, yeah, I think she was. I only kind of half listened, I was just getting angry. So, let's talk about the... Uh, the self these are the vision statement and the Ooh. mission statement listed on this website 
Wow. I love a good vision statement. I do too. So it says, our vision. A thriving world where technology is both state-of-the-art and safe for all. You know, I can get on board yeah, for that. Yeah, I like this vision I'm with you so far. Our mission. To safeguard human health and the environment by empowering people with state-of-the-art information. Well, I'm still with you. It doesn't mean anything, but it sounds good, you know? Sounds missional. <laughs> um, so, that doesn't really tell you too much. If you read a little further, their main focus is claiming that cell phones and other form of radio waves can cause cancer. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It fits with what we've been talking about. Um, critics claim that they cherry pick information, misrepresent significant findings, and generally just bolster their point of view rather than taking a straight critical look at the information. Um and so I just thought I'd mention what doc, the Dr. Davis's degrees actually are. Because <laughs> I was curious. So I went to her LinkedIn page. Ooh. <laughs> um, I feel like that in the episode description. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, so there's a bachelor's in science in physiological psychology slash psychobiology from University of Pittsburgh. Okay. Esteem school. Yeah, they're decent. I, I mean, there is. Not they're not a sham, right? Aaron Donald. <laughs> that much there. I can say. Um, she then has a master's in sociology from the University of Pittsburgh. Hmm. Then she has a PhD in. I'm putting this in quotes because it kind of confused me. In science studies from <laughs> the University of Chicago. That sounds like if you get like a degree in like general education, right? I don't really. I'm not quite sure what that means. It may be totally legitimate. I just. I've never heard of that. I just don't know what it means. And then she has a master's in public health focusing in epidemiology from Johns Hopkins. So that's legit. Wow. Yeah, that's that's legit. Those are some legit credentials. I mean, Chicago's a good school too, I think. But I would point out that those... And she's done like real work in industry that's like renowned. Right. I can't remember some of the stuff she's done, but she's actually done, you know, helpfully contributed to society. Um but let's just note that there's nothing about physics in any of those degrees. She has no expertise in <laughs> electronics, in radio communication, and any sort of physics. She does have medical training, limited in the fact that she did public health and psychology. Right. Which isn't even really, you know, a medical field like public health is very different than being a doctor right um so she is a doctor but she's not a medical doctor nor is she a physics doctor <laughs> um <laughs> she's so a general science doctor yes general science studies doctor um so let's we're just gonna roll through these are some of the things that she lists on their website i shouldn't say she there's probably more people that work at this organization than just her right but, but she's the monolith for this yes she is um, she's kind of the cult of personality of this whole whole uh, group. Um, insurance authorities classify 5G as high risk. The insurance authority Swiss... This is These are direct quotes, by the way, from the website. Authority Swiss RE... I don't know how you would pronounce that, just Ray? Ray? Whatever. Released a white paper classifying 5G as a high emerging risk, cautioning that... Potential claims for health impairments may come along with a long latency. Uh, she, she then says in a snappy 
wrap up to this. If insurance companies won't take the risk, why should we? That's like a that is like a stinger on the end of a political ad. Um, Whenever I hear white papers, I just think of Alex Jones because he was like, "We got we got the documents, we got the white papers," and here we go. Um, the next like bullet point down is the radiation from these small cell antennas is not small. Wireless antennas emit microwaves. Non-ionizing radi- sorry, radio frequency radiation and essentially function as cell towers. Yes, they do function as cell towers. That is precisely <laughs> what they do. Each installation can have over a thousand antennas that are transmitting simultaneously. Um, examples of how small cells are not small include, and these are a bunch of bullet points, 5G will use new beam-forming antenna designs that create multiple streams of signal from each fixture. I didn't have time to look up what that actually meant. That's I don't know if that's legit or not. It doesn't sound like it means anything in particular. Right, it doesn't sound alarming to me. It just sounds, I don't know, it just sounds like technical jargon. Um, they increase electromagnetic radiation near homes. This might be fair. I mean, it, I guess it depends what you mean by increase. I think one of the things that they're concerned about is that since 4G isn't just going to magically be shut off one day, we'll have 5G service on top of 4G, but that's not... I don't so, know. 9G. <laughs> yeah, you just add them together. It's additive. Um, it could be so much worse. It could be, like, multiplicative or exponential. Right. I, I don't really know that that means... When you say increase in electromagnetic radiation, what do you mean by that? Like, you could be meaning many different things. Um, so, I... It's kind of unclear what their issue is. They have refrigerator-sized and larger equipment cabinets. Okay. She took umbrage... This whole website took umbrage with the fact that they call them small antennas, and they're not actually small. Which, as I said, is small relative to the industry instead of a cell tower that is right. quite literally hundreds of feet tall. I mean, small is not really like a scientific measurement. Right, right. Small is... It's a relative term. Yeah. Um... Property values drop after a cell tower is built near homes. I might point out, these cell towers are going to be much smaller and probably less intrusive, so it may not (laughs) make your property values. If anything, this might be better, uh, 5G-wise. Taller and wider poles are needed for antennas. Okay. Sure. Um, (laughs) Fixtures weigh hundreds of pounds. Okay. Probably. I'm not really sure. That's what a lot of this is. is It's just like fear-mongered, like random statistics that really aren't germane to anything. Right. Um, And that's what most of that website was. It's worth a... I shouldn't say it's worth a poke around. If you're bored and you just want to read through some stuff, read through that. Yeah, I just pulled her up on my phone real quick. And I mean, I know this isn't like a meaningful test or anything, but her LinkedIn picture looks like a crazy lady. <laughs> She's got that look in her eyes. I like to think sometimes I have that look in my eyes. Um, I just gave Tom a weird look. Um, all right. So that's all we have with her right now. Right now. Yeah. And I mean, for the rest of this podcast, we're okay. not coming back to her. Hers her objections sound relatively tame compared. But one, I should mention, one of the things that that advocacy group does is they publish or distribute or publicize a lot of these studies that are kind of not great. They right. have issues. Um, there's a really good article that... Who was it? Um, let me look. 
I, I want to make sure I get this right so I don't screw it up. Ars Technica. Okay. Um, pretty well-known tech, yeah, technology media outlet. They went through in-depth describing why, how they choose what makes it through their editorial review process and mm-hmm. whether something is worth writing about, which kind of responds directly to the claim by RT America that um, other news outlets aren't you know, giving it the proper coverage and all this kind of stuff. So that that's a really interesting read, even if you just want to understand more the editorial process that goes behind old school journalism at some of these outlets that are reputable. Um, yeah, so I highly recommend that. I, as always, all the links are in the uh, podcast description. And this is a good point to, we haven't made this disclaimer in a minute. I feel like we're not experts. No. We just do research and try to find good info, but do your, do your own yeah, study. Yeah, I do. learned enough about physics in college to be able to understand how all these things generally work, but I am not an expert in cell phone infrastructure, so take that as you will. Um, like, trust us more than, like, RT America, but... <laughs> yeah, I know enough to be able to interpret some of the jargon that is being thrown around when we right. talk about the cell phones, but I don't... Yeah, I couldn't build you a cell tower if, I, if you told me to. And I just have that inherent confidence that comes with being a middle-class white male. <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? Right? Um, Never messed anything up before. All right, Tom, have you heard about this thing called COVID-19? Nah. Oh, well, let me fill you in. It's been a worldwide pandemic for the last year and a half. Um, but you have, I'm sure many of the listeners are, uh, listening right now have heard about, if you've spent any amount of time on social media, you've probably seen people claim that somehow 5G is related to COVID-19. Yeah, and we've, we've touched on it even, I'm sadly aware. Yes, we touched about it in your the last episode we just did, and then... Way back when in our COVID episode. The, the granddaddy of them all. The granddaddy of them all. Um, so the common thread of this theory, and obviously it kind of shifts and changes with time, um, that 5G somehow relates to COVID-19. Whether maybe it caused it, maybe it's related, they're not a coincidental, whatever. Um, It's often pointed to as evidence that 5G towers have gone up near COVID-19 hotspots. Um, (laughs) We've talked about this before. Correlation is not causation because 5G, as we talked about, increases bandwidth. But in able to leverage it, you have to be in close proximity to some of these towers. Mm. So the best place to deploy 5G and the place that would need it the most is highly populated areas viruses spread better in highly populated areas, particularly COVID-19. So it's not, we shouldn't be surprised that places that got 5G first also got COVID or also COVID hotspots. This correlation might be destroyed shortly given rural and Southern vaccination rates and the prevalence (laughs) of the Delta uh, (laughs) mutation. So uh, it's, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Um, It's a little funny. Yeah. It's it's funny in the way of hoisted by your own petard rather than <laughs> rather than ha ha ha. Um, some tie the COVID vaccine uh, microchip theory. They tie it in with five G. Basically, the vaccine gives you a chip, and five G somehow is used to activate the chip to some to differing degrees. I found this really funny article that talked about. <laughs> There was this viral claim 
from conspiracists. They were circulating an electrical schematic that was alleging, this was in Italy, I think. The thing that I found was in Italian, and then I translated it. Not me. Google translated it. Um, (laughs) That was allegedly a schematic of the microchip that was taken by some Russian scientists. They found it in the vaccine and drew up an electrical schematic. Um, Somebody eventually figured out that it was actually a relabeled schematic for a guitar pedal. An electric guitar (laughs) pedal. It was very funny. I was really hoping vending machine. I I I printed off that paper. I must have left it upstairs. I'll I'll show it to you. I I put a link to the article so you can find it too. It's very funny. Very, very funny. I would say there's probably one part of that true and it's the Russian link, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Russians were involved. Mm -hmm. Um... So that, there's a million different ways that they tie together 5G and COVID, but, you know. Tie together, used loosely there. Yeah. Um, Then the other major one um, is 5G kills birds. I don't know if you've seen that. But windmills actually kill birds. Yeah, windmills actually do kill some birds, but. So um, how does 5G kill our our feathered friends? All right, so this is a kind of complicated web as to where this kind of originated. Like you talked about in the last episode where some, they can sometimes trace back a lot of this misinformation to like a few key sources that then it goes viral on social media and spreads. Um, Snopes, they traced the origins as far as they could tell of this theory that 5G kills birds to a loosely factual health news site called Health Nut News. And they posted an article in November 2018 that summarized some Facebook posts from... A Swedish person. I think it's Swedish. Or Swiss. No, it's Swiss. Because the Hague's... Where's the Hague? Switzerland, I think. Okay, I think the Hague's in Switzerland, so it's Swiss, not Swedish. I don't know, man. You're... Um, I don't geography. So, one of the quotes here. About a week ago at the Hague, many birds died spontaneously, falling dead in a park. You'll likely have heard a lot about this because it's... <laughs> this is like the first two lines of this article from this website, which is so funny. Um, you likely haven't heard a lot about it because this seems to be keeping it quiet was part of the plan all along. Mm, the plan. I'm going to cut that and read that again. Cause I really fumbled over it. <clears throat> I don't Honestly, know. Devin cut somewhere where we don't know where Switzerland is. <laughs> um, so this article kind of summarizes, uh, some of these Facebook posts and here, let me read you the first two lines of this article. Oh, I'm so excited. They're humdingers. About a week ago at The Hague, many birds died spontaneously, falling dead in a park. You likely haven't heard a lot about this, because it seems keeping it quiet was part of the plan all along. The plan's working, because I've heard nothing about this. <laughs> it's pretty Till cool. now, actually, I guess. Now I know all about it. So, a mass bird die-off actually did occur around the time described, but a 5G test was not conducted in this area at this time. The nearest was on June 28th in mm. not even in the, I don't even think it was in the Hague. It was somewhere nearby in 2018. And the bird kill was wait, uh, November. So it's like, it sticks around several months. <laughs> yeah. It's or delayed release, travels. delayed bird killing release. Nefarious. Nefarious. Indeed. Along my research, I did end up on a, um, a French, conspiracy website that had something to do with sheep but i can't remember what it was called it's very funny (laughs) um 
that's all I got. 5G is a, oh, it's a deep hole. I didn't even, I'm sure there's a million I didn't even get to and didn't even scratch. There's some that go into mind control. They think that somehow 5G causes, they want to mind control you. MK Ultra or Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Well, that's what I got. To summarize, 5G is just the new cellular network standard. Really, it shouldn't do anything differently than 4G did. It should be faster. It's just better. Equally overpriced. <laughs> Probably. At least in America. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world. It's cheaper in my And then experience. some folks got a hold of it with some loose science. Yeah. Or no science. Or dead birds. Or dead birds. What do you think, Tom? Did you learn something today? I learned what a Hertz was, so that was exciting. <laughs> I'll promptly forget it, but... If that's the one thing you learn, I'll take it. And I guess with that... It's time to end. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always. Especially you. Especially you. You know who you are. And then there's some people I didn't want to listen, and they know who they are. <laughs> um, send us an email. We have uh, a an email listed in our podcast description. If you just want to say hi, if you got comments about the show, things we could do better, things you like, things you don't like. Manifestos. Manifestos. We'll take them. Um... Or if you just want to suggest a topic maybe we should look at, that's yeah. a good way to do it. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, We the Sheeple Pod. Uh, come hang out. I only post spicy things on occasion and yeah. don't troll too many right-wing extremists, but you know. It only gets moderately spicy. Depends on the day. Um, other than that, just if you can on whatever podcatcher you listen to this on, Give us a rating, give us a review. Give us a follow, tell your friends. Yes, all of these things. Seriously, though, word of mouth is one of the best ways that you can help us out. Um, it just is the best. I know for me, I rarely will just click on a new podcast and start listening to it. If I hear somebody else talk about it and say, hey, I like this, then I'll go, ah, oh, you know, I might give it a shot. I'm a psychopath who goes out looking for new ones with no context. But Interesting. You're a rare breed. I have a pretty decent commute, so. Yeah. Um, I think that's all we have. So, until next time, wake up, sheeple. Wake up.